Teletubbies. Listeners and welcome to SMPD, the podcast where we look back at the shows that shaped our childhood. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, my partner in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. Uh-oh. And I say our childhood, but it's not really. No, this, this was time, late, man. Is it? This is well I mean, late. <laughs> yeah, so it's not the latest thing we've done. I don't um, know. It's the least. No, I think Kim Possible was after oh, this. No, we did Masters of the Universe Revelations. So uh, yeah, we did too. But I mean, yeah, Kim Possible was later than this. This was ninety-seven. 97 yeah jesus um, i'm old so i i i know i remember this um i had i've got two much younger cousins um who are now rapidly pushing fucking 30 um but yeah so when um when this came out they were both really into it because they were really really small and i remember we uh, me and my brother used to babysit for them and this was all they wanted to fucking watch and they had the toys and all the fucking merch you could dream of um and yeah same thing. I mean, I have two godchildren of Teletubby age. Um, by the way, we, we didn't actually, so we just dove straight into that. Um, in case you didn't realize from our intro listeners, we are looking back at Teletubbies. Um, yeah, I, I've got two godchildren of a peak Teletubby age, um, which I kind of, uh, we did speak about my hunt for a Poe, I think, briefly on the on the yes, last did, episode. Yeah. And that's, that, that's where this came from, wasn't that? That's where this came from, yeah, because we, we kind of finished that recording and then both went, how the fuck have we not done Teletubbies yet? So yeah, it just instantly jumped to the top of the list. So might seem to some of you out there like it's a bit of a random choice um, for us, but it's really not. You know, that the whole point of this show is to sort of look back on, on these older shows and kind of examine them through a modern lens, look at their cultural impact, look at what they meant to us and just whether they were any good. And, you know, this is a lot older. I mean, you... I, I knew it was about 20 years old at least, but it's even older than that then, as you've just alluded to, Mark. And that makes sense, considering one of my godchildren yeah. turned 26 yesterday. That makes yeah. perfect I sense, decided, yeah. I to tell the world he was so fucking old <laughs> at 26. Yeah, I mean, what does that make me? What does that make me? That's the worry. I'm old enough to have a godchild of that I mean, age. Yeah, I mean, my, my response was when he said he's so old, does that mean we get to get to tell the fuck off back to crash 26 times? <laughs> um so so this this is an old show um okay it wasn't one we watched as kids but as i said on the show last week i did watch a hell of a lot of this back in the well i thought the early 2000s but it would have been the late 90s early 2000s no it finished in 2001 the original run finished no way yeah fucking hell um wow okay yeah i was i was even younger than i thought then because i remember watching a lot of this as a student uh, but it must have been very early in my student days then. Um, certainly remember watching. Oh, it, a lot it, of went, this. it went straight back into reruns. I mean, it was on. Right. It it was on. Um, it was honestly children's BBC slot like during the daytime, when yeah. you know, I think I think like CBBS may have been in, in its infancy or something like that. Um, but then yeah, it was it was always fucking on. I mean, with with a lot of these shows, they just kept on plowing them out. I mean, Anne Wood, who created it, also created it in the Night Garden and made an absolute shit ton of money because these things never left syndication. They were always fucking on. 
Yeah, and I mean, it's still omnipresent. I, I mean, I don't think Teletubbies yeah. has ever... I, like, In the Night Garden definitely became a thing, I think, and took over. Like, I've never seen an episode of In the Night Garden, but I know who Iggle Piggle is, for instance. Um, it, it just didn't... It, it didn't have the kind of instant appeal to me that Teletubbies did. And that sounds like a weird uh, thing to say for a middle-aged bloke, right? But you got to remember, I wasn't <laughs> middle-aged at this point. I would have been then 16 yeah. when this came out. So much younger than I originally thought. Yeah. Still, like, way too fucking old. I'm way too old for this shit. For the, but, yeah. you know... I, I know some, what you mean, though, yeah. There's I, I something that, about like, this for, that just draws you in, isn't there? There is, and I think for, with the comparison for In the Night Garden, I think that came much later, and um, your exposure to it would have been that much more limited, because by the time that came about, you'd have probably been a working adult, so you wouldn't have been around to see it anyway. I mean, I, I'm only familiar with it, because... Jess used to love it when she was like two, um, and true to form with everything else. And I'm sure this happens with everybody's kids. So couldn't fucking get her off it. She loved it. She was all over it as soon as you know somebody bought her an eagle pickle for her birthday. That was it. She never fucking watched it again. I mean, about all I really know about it is eagle pickle, and I know they had a ride at CBeebies Land in Alton Towers, which was basically oh yeah, just a boat ride that looked like it just went. I nearly round sank and round the fucking it. thing. Yeah, it looked it looked pretty lame to be honest. Um, as did, you know, CBeebies Land's not designed for me. It's I, for toddlers. You know, it's, we only yeah. went around it because we have young kids and there's there's stuff there for toddlers up to about sort of, you know, age seven or eight, at which point you fuck off into the main park anyway. I mean, I, when it first opened, I went in for a look around just because it's a new land opened in, in Alton Towers. Um, so I went for a nose around it. Uh, I also happened to know that Postman Pat and Jess were doing a meet and greet and I... I'm not going to lie, I was very excited about it. Stood in line, queued up, met Postman Pat and Jess. Not ashamed of that at all. Got a really good photo. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember who we saw. We, we had a meet and greet with somebody. I can't remember who it was. I'll have to take the photos out. Yeah, so anyway, off topic already. But yeah, this this kind of, In the Night Garden's kind of, I feel like, I feel like it's probably a better show, if I'm honest. I haven't really watched yeah. it, but from what I know about it, I feel like it's probably a better show than this. I think there's just something so instantly accessible. And even in going back and watching Teletubbies now, um, you just can't, you just slip straight back into it. This is, it's got this weird kind of vibe to it that just washes over you. It's very comfortable. Um, not now, but certainly back then, it helped that I was in, a, shall we say, somewhat altered state of consciousness most of the time when I was watching this. Um, and I yeah, think it so lends itself to that very, very well, um, yeah. you know, um, but even just rewatching it now, like some of the stuff we watch, particularly some of the younger stuff, like can be a real chore. You know, talking yeah. about Wizbit, for instance, last time, you know, it was it was fucking horrendous and it was hard work to watch that. See, also the raccoons that became very, very difficult to watch, despite the fact that we both loved it as kids. This just like... It, there's nothing in this for me as an adult. There is absolutely nothing for me to gain from this, but it's very easy to watch. Very, yeah, very easy to watch. Um, I mean, they're only it, what like ten minutes a clip anyway. No, they're not. Uh, they're not big. They're not. They're, they like, they're, they're not. No, they're like twenty odd minutes, dude. Oh, then uh, so I, I flicked through a couple of the old ones, a couple of the rebooted ones. The reboot ones like ten, twelve minutes. They're not long at all. I have not seen a um, single rebooted one. I, I went oh, the OG. reboot ones. Are f that, that's that's like a proper fresh hell um, really? with Jane Horrocks and um, Fern Cotton. What the fuck's Fern Cotton doing anywhere near it? Well, it came about the time when I think one of her first, like her first or second kid was born, so it was like an easy project for her. She does a voiceover for like one of the um, the, the tubby phone things. 
like the type of shit that Toya Wilcox used to do then, basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I guess and Jane, that, uh, like Jane Horrocks is the, Jane Horrocks is the main narrator. That kind of makes sense then, I guess. Um, I just couldn't I couldn't connect the two dots there for yeah. a moment. Um, not that I should be able to connect the dots with Toya Wilcox, to be honest, but that never seemed to bother me. So, yeah. who knows? Um, but yeah, certainly back in the day, like I can remember just sitting down and like literally watching hours of this fucking thing. Like if it was on, like because I remember it starting as one of those kind of early afternoon, like lunchtime mm. shows. And that's part yeah. of the reason I watched so much of it as a student, because I was home doing fuck all and it was on. Right. So you, you kind of flick around and, and you'd land on it. Um, and, and then I just remember getting caught up in this massive just upswell of like this thing just lit the fucking world on fire immediately. Oh, completely. Um, I mean, and you look at where it ended up. I mean, and like the, the, the stuff it's ended up in, like they, they, they lampoon it in The Simpsons more than once. It pops up in Family Guy. I mean, you have fucking Britney Spears on the cover of Rolling Stone with a, with a tinky winky, which had a completely different meaning in 1999. I mean, yeah, I mean, Tinky Winky's a little bit... Um, I, I, see, that's the thing with this, isn't it? On the surface, it is very, very innocent. It's about as innocent as a show can possibly be. Yeah. Now, I don't believe for a second there's any intended subversion in this. Not However, quite. there are definitely... Um, there is a set of values at play, shall we say, then, in, in Teletubbies, which... Back in the 90s and early 2000s, you know, a lot of parents did pick up on and were unhappy about. I feel like as a culture, we're probably at least slightly more progressive these days. Um, uh, mo- most of society is. M- most of society stuff. is, yeah. Um, there's, there's still, I mean, there's a, there's a hardcore swing to the right at time of recording, just to put a time stamp on this, you know. <laughs> the world is does seem to be swinging to the right and, and what have you, but... Um, in in general, I think we're slightly more accepting. But back then, yeah, you know, when you when you talk about things like yeah, a gag like Tinky Winky is all innocent and it'll make us giggle, right? It's, it's as far as subversion goes, that's very, yeah. you know, that's that's basic stuff. You know, that's hardly yeah. semen stains, is it? And Roger the cabin boy, you know, we're not at that level there. Yeah. Um, however, you know, when you really dive into this for a show that was on in the late nineties, early two thousands, you've got four characters with. As far as I can tell, three different nationalities. All right, they're all fucking aliens, right? Before anybody yeah. fucking writes in, I know they're aliens. Yeah, but you know we're gonna we're gonna project onto this slightly. You've got four well, characters. That's what everybody of, did, so we might as well. Yeah, of at least three different nationalities, um, yeah. at least two different genders, and at least I would say, yeah, I would say two different sexual orientations as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so you've got, you know, you look at Tinky Winky straight off the bat there, right? He's, I mean, he's a gay icon now. There's the possibility yeah. that he's transgender, which is why I, which was why I stalled for a little bit when I was talking about, you know, how many mm. genders and how many sexual orientations we had there as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it, the reading at the time was was that Tinky Winky was gay. That was the reading. You had a man carrying a handbag and wearing a really stylish fucking Jamiroquai hat, which I really wanted. That yeah. black and white one, the fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, there's that. You know, then say you got the nationality of it. You got Dipsy's clearly uh, a person of color. Um, yeah. You know, Poe, as far as I can tell, is meant to be Asian. Um, yeah. I, I, I certainly, was certainly played by an Asian woman. Um, I mean, there's also oh god, I don't want to be this guy in stereotype, but there's also just the height and just actually the way she speaks as well. 
Um, yeah. Like, I think that's very, very clear, you know? So that's quite progressive for a show that was kicking around in 1997, to be fair. Mm. Um, I think we would be more... Oh, God. I'm, I'm, how do I avoid using this word? I think, I think we'd be more switched on to that now. I'm deliberately yeah. avoiding the W word because I yeah. despise it. Um, but I think we would be more switched on to that now than we were then. Um, so yeah. it, it definitely is, you know, I, I really hate to describe it as counterculture because it shouldn't be. It should be culture, but it's definitely at play there. Um, and yeah. I think maybe that's where a lot of that initial kickback came from, wasn't You know, there was all this shit, wasn't there? Parents going on about, oh, Teletubbies are, are making our kids talk like babies. It's like, hello, they're fucking two. Of course they're talking like babies. It's, 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 a, show, it's a show for preschoolers. You know, it's... It's how they learn about color and they learn about basic words and shapes. What the fuck? No, okay, it's it's not as you know, as erudite and as as articulate as fucking play school, but you know, and I it think, is what it is. You know, I I think that was the the core of the argument, wasn't it? But I think if you actually pick it apart, there's probably some element of fear of other in there. I think at that time, absolutely. You know, when you when you look at I, the I fact mean, that that generation of parents are kind of just on the verge of the boomer generation uh who yeah. you know i mentioned look I don't, again don't want to stereotype on pointing fingers but we're talking about this lurch to the right like they're spearheading yeah. it yeah so. yeah absolutely and i mean there's, there's there's another side to it as well where uh, yes okay you, you you have got a generational thing where oh they're making our kids gay can't have that well okay well fine fuck off but also, it was about the time you had the change in the way of education was looked at in terms of early years, where it went from, okay, we sit them down, and no, like I remember being in fucking reception class, of age what four or five, and doing flashcards with like sounds on them, and mm -hmm. you, you went from doing that where you had sort of a, a fairly rigid structure of what you taught kids of that age to, okay, let's just let them fucking play, and they can learn through play, they can learn through mimicry, they can learn them, no, they learn through, okay, well, go find them. As I suppose saying right, this is a this is a picture of a red ball. Word is ball. The color is red. Instead of that, I said right, go find a red ball, and you have to go fucking find a red ball. So you're doing the same task. You're learning what it is, but through playing. And there was a big shift round about the mid '90s, which this kind of echoes, where all of a sudden, and like the ones I was watching um, earlier on was like they were they were learning what hugs were. Yeah. And it was like okay, so this and it was it was to do with making friends and say and learning how to say hello and stuff like that. And, and so instead of saying this is how you say hello, it was right. Okay, this is Tinky Winky. He's you no, know, he says hello to Dipsy. So then they go down the line. They also say hello to her, and then they all have a, they all have a bit. You know, one hugs the next one, then one shakes hands. So and they kind of work their way through it in the various different things. But rather than just being told it, they're being shown it. And that th that was that big swing you had in sort of the, the show don't tell movement in in sort of preschool education. And I think a lot of people objected to that as well because that was the thing they treat they treat treating our kids like babies. It was aimed at fucking babies. That was the point. That, yeah, that's the whole point. And yeah, actually, you know, I think you're right, Mark. What, what we do know um, about, you know, child development and things like that is is that structure and mimicry and all of that sort of stuff is very important. Uh, and, and especially, you know, when you're looking at preschoolers of this age, what's even more important is structure. And mm. this thing is it, it, like it's so structured every episode is fucking identical there is a different theme yeah. but it all starts the same with the baby in the sun rising then the fucking phones come out of the ground and tell you it's time for the teletubbies they all pop up and say eh oh there's a little bit of fuckery which changes every episode but there's a little bit of slapstick yeah. fuckery around the teletubby house thing 
Then they get the antenna fucking go off and they see the video in their stomach of, of a child doing things. And that's where they yeah. learn. Like, on the surface, these videos are completely pointless. But like you said, Mark, it's all about like, well, these are a load of kids talking about the color green or these are a load of kids yeah. kicking a football. And so then the child mimics it and then we repeat it. So we reinforce. Okay, we introduce yeah. and we reinforce. And then you get more fuckery and then you get time for tabby die-bye. So they know what to expect and they know, their brains are conditioned to know that the education comes in the middle in those videos. Yeah. That's where it comes and they repeat it. And if you notice, it is those videos where they're actually with children, actual children. That's where the language all of a sudden becomes a lot more sophisticated. That's where you get yes. words like green. That's where you get your counting that's where you get bike, football, dog, cat, whatever it's yeah. going to be, and you don't get eto. I think actually it's it's incredibly clever in the way it structures it as an educational program. It is very different to everything that came before it. I can't speak for anything that came after it because I think this was probably the last preschool age show that I ever saw. Um, mm. But certainly anything that came before it, like play days and play school, rainbow, anything like that, it's a totally different structure. It's at the same time less sophisticated and far more sophisticated because it's a lot yeah. more subtle, if you like, and it, yeah. and it's a lot more accurate to to. <laughs> I think you're right. Learning through play, for instance, I I think it's just a lot more accurate to the way that adults actually interact with children. You know, I mean. Yeah. Adults don't interact with children the way Jeffrey interacts with fucking Zippy, Bungle, and George on Rainbow. They just don't. They interact with children the way the Teletubbies interact with each other. You know, and the yeah. way the, the phones and everybody interact with the Teletubbies. I, I think it does very well at holding up the mirror and allowing a child to learn via that then. Um, yeah. So I, and, I think, I think that... It, I, I was going to say, I think... <sighs> This was probably the the first in in a slew of shows like this we had. I think there were tweenies that came after this, which was kind yeah. of the same thing. Um, again, you had slightly got more characters, and they the characters were more more disparate. So they, they, you know, the Teletubbies are all kind of they're all kind of similar. They you know, they'll have different some different personality traits, but they didn't have a lot of character. Whereas by the time you got to the tweenies, because they they had language, you know, they they actually spoke to you know, they they spoke more and they had. They were sort of probably the equivalent of you know, four or five year old kids who have this sort of sense of identity. They know what their favorite toy is. They they all dress differently because they all have slightly different interests. So like one's always wearing a cape because he loves superheroes. One's always wearing a sports kit because he likes playing football. So they they built a bit more character into it. But that, that was aimed slightly older. But then it still catered to these this younger audience once the teletubbies went away as well. Um, and then you did have a couple more after that. And then you got into things like in the night garden as, mm -hmm. as we went on as well. So this is probably a, a very so you can look at it as almost a seismic shift in the way that some preschool TV was done. Yeah, it's interesting you bring the tweenies up, actually, because i completely forgotten the tweenies existed until you just mentioned them. Um, I did see a few episodes of tweenies as well, just because it, it was pretty much the natural successor to Teletubbies, you're right. Yes. Um, and I think I watched one or two out of morbid curiosity at the time. Uh, and it's fucking terrible. I, I hate the tweenies. Yes. I despise it. I don't like the characters. I actually find them vaguely frightening, if I'm honest. Their faces are far too long. Um, they're quite freaky. I do remember pretty much every single word of the theme tune, because you want to talk about an earworm, hey, hey, get yeah. ready to play is pretty fucking bad. Like, it's it's in yeah. there. Um, 
but it's again it's slightly more sophisticated at a surface level than Teletubbies is and I but think it suffers because of it yeah Teletubbies is very nuanced but on a surface level it's kind of lizard brain shit right and I think yes. that's why I reacted to it so well as a substance abusing teenager um because <laughs> because it is lizard brain shit it is just like switch everything else off and here's a bunch of comically shaped people you know they're all relatively rotund they've all got pretty fat bottoms and short legs and they waddle around the place and the slapstick but it, is but again, actually the, the, pretty funny still as, as i say the slapstick is pretty good um but talking about the shape of them again if you're looking at preschool kids what's the one thing most of them will have in common yep they're still not toilet trained Yep. So they got squat little legs. They they, they don't support, they don't stride. They sort of you know, toddle along on little legs, and they've got nappies on, which make them slightly wider, slightly broader, and it, it's almost accentuates their movement because mm-hmm. it's just be just you know, being that much bigger, especially if they're, if they're relatively full. Is that there's going to be there's going to be a slightly slightly rounded uh, rounded shape to sort of the top of their legs and their, and, their, and their backsides. So having that and then building that into the way the Teletubbies move again, it's something the kids can identify with. It definitely is. Yeah, it definitely is. It, it, there are so many levels that have been just added on to this with, as, as a result of just like like this didn't come out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like there no. is there is real thought and planning gone into this, into the whole production design of it. How do they look? How do they move? How do we structure these episodes? Like to write it off and say it's it doesn't have educational value as people did back then. Never mind entertainment yeah. value. That's actually what we should be talking about. But we've taken the high road yeah. very early in this episode. Um, but we will come back to talk about the entertainment value. Um, I've just touched on it already. But you know, for for people to to slag this for his for his educational value, I th- I think is just so fundamentally wrong. And look, I am no expert. I don't have children myself to be able to say I know anything about child development, other than the fact I have spent a hell of a lot of time having to research child development over the last six months or so. Um, and and it's evident when you actually look at these shows. It it is, like I said, everything from the structure of even the son coming up with the baby laughing. You're kind of yeah you're setting your audience's mood immediately like if you follow this through right i said it's lizard brain shit which all entertainment works on to some level right but if you follow this through and pretend it was an adult show okay that's your first act that is you setting the stage for your audience you are telling them what they're about to get you know that you're expected to enjoy this it puts you in a good mood the baby is laughing yeah yeah, it's equivalent to an overture if you go to the theatre. Like, here's a little taster of what you're going to get, and you should enjoy it. If it's upbeat and it's jazzy, you know you're going to get jazz numbers. If it's morose, yeah. you know it's going to be a hardcore slog. That's what this is. The sun's coming up, the baby's laughing. The children will laugh, because when children see children laughing, it's infectious. So it puts yeah. them in a good mood. They're ready to absorb knowledge. And then you immediately get the fuckery, so they get distracted into, oh, this is edutainment. Yeah, I'm not being preached to. And then, boom, you hit them with those two videos straight away. This is a motorbike. This is a car. This is red. And before you know it, they've absorbed knowledge. And that's pretty fucking clever. So that's it on an educational standpoint. I'll get down off my soapbox, but I think anybody that wrote this off as an educational show is probably eating their words right now. And if they're not, they're just so. too I mean, it's, fucking it's stubborn too. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's generally considered to be pretty, you know, it, it's pretty on the nose a lot of it, but in terms of educational theory and sort of early years development, it's pretty much there. Now, there's, mm. there's not a lot you can fault it for. There, there were some episodes which were deemed as being slightly inappropriate. There's one where, um, oh, fucking hell, I think it was, um, they just with like a lion and a bear and they were chasing each other and they, they, they made, like, they changed the style of shooting it. So, like, there was different, the music was, it was a bit more atmospheric and it was a bit scarier. And a lot of parents got on, got on to the fact that this isn't really what the show was about. Um, I was reading about it earlier. I can't remember um, all the details. But there was a, a thing that actually, you know, by the time that episode aired, people kind of knew what they were getting. So all of a sudden, this was a, which was a bit of a departure. And actually, it wasn't really appropriate for children. And the, it was re-edited before it was aired again. And both versions are available on YouTube. Um, I've not gone back and uh, looked for them. Of course they are. Available. And now I want to see yeah. them now you've said that. Um, uh, yeah, so I mean, it's if you go onto the Wikipedia page um, for Teddy Tubbies, it's, it's listed on there. It's the Lion and Bear controversy. Um, the Lion and Bear controversy. Keith. Yeah, love um, it. Yeah, so Eric Eric with Eric Sice with the Lion and Penelope Keith with the Bear. Okay, uh, I need to find <laughs> that. Uh, that's that's the first thing I'm doing when we finish recording. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah. So I mean, I think apart from that, it was generally well received. As, you know, from most academics took it as being okay. You know. On the surface, yes, it's as deep as a puddle. But actually, once you start looking in terms of early years theory and stuff like that, there's there's a lot to it, and a lot of thoughts gone into it. Like it's even the character designs, as I said, and the stuff. The fact that the, the, the way they the way they're shaped and their physicality that's all that's all to mimic toddlers. Again, it makes toddlers feel like it's about them, so they engage with it more. And so, yeah, yeah I, I think you're right. Anybody who wrote this off said, "Oh, this is just fucking you know, psychedelic fluff by people who are stoned all the time." I think they kind of got that one wrong. They kind of missed the point. They definitely did. And even down again to the uh, inclusivity of it, you know, toddlers of every race, religion. I mean, they're a bit young to be talking about gender identity when they're like one and a half or yeah. two. They probably can't express it, but they'll certainly know, for instance, if you're a child of color, then actually I look like Dipsy, you know? And, and so there's, there's identity there for them as well. Yeah. So I, I think, yeah, I, I think it's mass. It was massively underrated at the time. I don't think it is now. And actually, of course, you know, the result of all this is, you know, this show is getting on for thirty years old. Then, you know, it's 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 getting yeah. up there. So, there's actual quantifiable evidence that this didn't do any damage to the children of the UK or well, the world. You know, well, I've got the um, I've got the Wikipedia page in front of me at the moment, and looking at the the Tinky Winky, um, so they've called the Tinky Winky controversy. In May 2007, the Polish Ombudsman for Children uh, revisited um, the fact that they had a gay or whatever interpretation of the character was, um, and she um, she ordered an investigation. And so the quote is, I noticed that he has a woman's handbag, and I didn't realise he's a boy. Um, she then asked her office, office psychologist to look into the allegations. After research in late 2007, she stated the opinion of a leading sexologist who maintains that the series has no negative effects on child psychology is perfectly credible. So the fucking Polish government had an investigation into whether or not Tinky Winky being potentially <laughs> gay harmed the youth of Poland. I mean... <laughs> For fuck's sake. Look, <laughs> I, think, I think those people need to give their head a fucking wobble. Um, you know, I, I think when we talk about identity and the formation of identity through Teletubbies, I don't think anybody can be blaming Tinky Winky for anything. Um, I don't yeah. know. Do you remember? Because I specifically remember this being a media student as well. I remember us mm. having a bit of a laugh about this at the time. Do you remember the whole controversy when it first kicked off with Tinky Winky and the BBC's actual response to it? 
It was absolutely um, brilliant, the BBC's response. It's that where they, so they basically said, he's not gay, he's not straight, he's, a car- he's an alien in a kid's show. Yeah, that's exactly what they said, which is my argument for literally every time some fucking neckbeard spouts off on IMDb or whatever at the moment because there's a female superhero or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, that's exactly right. It doesn't matter, right? He, he can be gay, straight, black, white, anything he wants to be. He's a fucking furry alien. Like, he's well, not... that was the th- <laughs> that was the thing. It's it, no, irrespective of that, it shouldn't fucking matter anyway. But yeah, the response is perfect. He just, he just, he's a Teletubby. No, it, it's, it's perfect. It that response matter. is absolutely perfect. <laughs> and actually, they rolled that response out again in 2016 or 17 when um, Jodie Whittaker took, took over as Doctor Who because it, it was that was announced and then immediately, if you can't have a fucking female Doctor Who, it's like, hang on, Doctor Who is an alien. It's an asexual, shape-shifting alien. So what fucking body it's in doesn't really matter. It's fiction. Yeah, I mean, and it's such it, a perfect argument. No, be- yeah, it, it doesn't yeah, it doesn't devalue any side, does it? It just shuts Absolutely. everyone down immediately. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't devalue any gender or racial or sexual identity to say that yeah. he's not that thing. And it doesn't reinforce yeah. the negative stereotype either. It just sits straight in the middle and goes, He's fucking alien or yeah. the doctor's an alien or whatever. It just shuts yeah. the argument down completely. And <laughs> it's just yeah. It's just, you know, yeah. from a media perspective, it's just the cleverest fucking move you can possibly pull. Just go, look, it, it is. doesn't and fucking matter. it's the perfect matter. response. I mean, the other, the other side of it, obviously, with BBC, was that they, even though they, that was their response, they then looked at the original portrayal. I think the guy's name was Dave Marshall or something like that. Dave, Dave Marshall, Dave Stevens, something like that. And he did get sacked um, because they, they thought his interpretation of the character was, um, was less than appropriate, I think was the phrase they used. Less than appropriate um, for a character called Tinky Winky. Yeah, so Dave Thompson was the character's name. Um, uh, just, uh, yeah, so um, the BBC said after, after 70 episodes, the BBC said in, in a letter to Thompson, his interpretation of the role was not acceptable. But they didn't expand on why. I mean, um, what the fuck was he doing then? Like, Well, this is the thing. I mean, was he fucking Jimmy Savile in a mask? You know, <laughs> is, is, <laughs> no, let, let's be fair. The BBC got away with a lot of shit for a long time, and that's where they drew the line. With a gender-bending purple alien. <laughs> yeah, I mean... All right, maybe I take you know, it I mean, back then. The, maybe the response wasn't so great. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, on, on paper the response was good. But, I mean, let, let's let's be honest. Now, the BBC's never been a place for, place for mincing nonsense, has it? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that, I mean, that, that was disappointing. I remember that being a big deal when that came out as well. Um, because, again, there was a lot of um, a lot of support for the guy. I said, look, he's playing, he's playing a character. It's not, he's not doing anything. Other yeah. than playing a character as is written, you know, he's a, you know, it's a, it's an alien character. We we can't say he because we don't know if the character is. No, we don't know if the Teletubbies have gender. So Tinky Winky is carrying a handbag and wearing a hat. So what? But yeah. that was no, that was apparently where they drew the line. His, his interpretation wasn't acceptable. Which they've never, but they've nobody is nobody's gone on record to say what that what what they meant yeah, by I that I'm know. Offended inquiry with some minds sort of, need to know like what... I would imagine there was some sort of NDA um, from their part to him saying that you can't fucking tell anybody what we said we'll, we'll release a statement which won't say anything negative about you but this is what's happening you, you just know there's probably behind the scenes video somewhere of like Tinky Winky and La La just mimicking bumming each other or something like, and that's, that's oh, what completely. it is you know there's like Tinky Winky it'll, it'll, be, the, it'll be like the yeah, it'll be like the um, the Disney thing as well, like, you know, where you can't you, there's there's nobody's ever allowed to take pictures of the characters without you know, in their costumes without their heads on. 
Yeah. You know, it's it's, you know, it's could even be something. It's, there's going to be something floating around where they're going. Yeah, we need to get rid of him. How would we do that? Yeah, um, a very yeah. fucking strange stance to take. Um, but yes, yeah, especially so- given the earlier stance that it doesn't matter because Tinky Binky's an alien in the kids show. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you know, when when you start stacking this up, you know, you you your education. You're educating children from a traditional standpoint, albeit through what were then quite new, groundbreaking methods. You're informing a societal culture because actually, I think you can lay some of this at the feet of Teletubbies. You know, when you look at that, mm. we'll call them the Teletubby generation then, you know, who are the ones behind us who are now in their mid 20s. Certainly, I mean, I know quite a lot of people that age, um, and they're yeah. all a lot more accepting of other cultures than we are as a generation. Present company, yeah. you know, excluded. You know, I think we're both pretty left-leaning and pretty, you know, like we we offend everyone equally. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I've always <laughs> said this. I'm an equal opportunity offender. I'll offend anybody. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, you know, the generation behind us, I think even more so. And I, you can lay... I think a big part of that at the feet of Teletubbies because this informed all of those shows that came after it. It informed your tweenies yeah. and you're in your night garden and everything else that they would have been brought up on. Um, yeah. Whereas we were and brought up that... on a lot of sarcastic shit. Yeah. And and, and when yeah. I say shit, I don't mean and that bad. Didn't I mean, just, yeah. Well, but it's made us the slightly <laughs> cynical, sarcastic <laughs> motherfuckers that we are. Okay. So there is a, well, exactly. there is a direct cause and effect relationship is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think from, from what you're saying there, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's a, a far wider acceptance in the generation that follows us. And I think there's a far wider acceptance in our generation. Than there is from our parents' generation. Certainly. And you know, we go back and go back and go back. And I think that, I mean, you look at the, the way the Teletubby characters were, I mean, there would have been a, a character brief. I mean, they didn't serve them. It wasn't a case of they, they went out and wrote these characters, but there would have been a brief that you know, Tinky Winky is very outgoing, very flamboyant, very, um, you know, just very present. You've got um, Dipsy is, you know, he's a bit more, Dipsy is a bit more stubborn, um, a bit more cantankerous at times. Lala is, the ve- is very nurturing, very caring, and then Poe is very innocent and very sweet and very curious. Mm-hmm. So you've got ver- you've got variations in the characters straight away. That again, that plays off into personality types. And then when you get into other shows, which have been around at the same time and slightly later, because obviously you know kids won't have only won't have only been watching Teletubbies; they'll be watching other things as well, and they'll start to apply those character types and those of those expectations to other characters, and that will be that will inform what they what they like and what they don't like, and what progresses and what doesn't. So then as as they get older, so they those expectations then shape what people are watching because if people aren't watching the shows that are being made, they'll make stuff that people do want to watch, and so that then fans out into a wider, wider, um, wider audience as well. So all of a sudden you've got, and it would be the same with our generation as well, and our parents going back as well. That what no the things that we are influenced by at this young age, we they, they then become the th- the values that we we take forward, and yeah. so this this show was um, as you say this has far more moral and ethical value than a lot of the shit that we came up with. Yeah, oh, definitely, and, and and you definitely see that now. And I mean, just see these the, the kids who grew up, grew up with this or came through with this at the start, they're now in their twenty mid twenties, even pushing thirty and slightly slightly on from that, and they're now the ones producing new content for the next generation. Yeah, and it bleeds That's through. There's a trickle down is. effect. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. It is terrifying to think <laughs> to think like that, um, but. I think okay. We, we, I think we've pretty much covered the educational side of it. Like we've done yeah. best part of thirty-five minutes on on the educational yeah. value of Teletubbies, and I'm sure we'll swing back around to it as well. But 
Look, I wasn't watching this for educational value. I was 16 when it started, so I already knew what a fucking ball was and what the colour red looked like. I still didn't know what 2 and 2 was because my maths has always been fucking shit. But I didn't need to watch it for the educational value. I was watching it because, if nothing else, the slapstick in this show still is genuinely fucking funny. Like, the comic yeah. timing is very, very good. And again, a lot of it comes down to the repetition if you repeat yes. something often enough and you get that Pavlovian response going in your audience, when you subvert that, it becomes very, very funny. Because yes. if three Teletubbies say E-O and one doesn't because they fall over, that's funny because you're waiting for them to get back up and say E-O. You know, if they yeah. start throwing the fucking custard around where everybody normally starts eating it and it degrades into chaos and they're all falling around because they're got massive bottoms and they like pudgy feet and they're just funny they are funny yeah. to look at they're yeah they, they're just funny they, there's nothing else about it. and and nunu especially i think is fucking yeah. comedy genius like yes even when i first started watching it like nunu always my absolute favorite every time nunu shows up i'm like all right this is gonna be a good one nunu's in it and he's a yes. cunt like he's oh he's a proper you know, dickhead He's a proper dickhead, yeah. And and just naughty Nunu will never not be funny. It's the alliteration of it. It's the fact that it definitely yeah. sounds dirty. And they know full yeah. on what they're doing of when course they, they say do. naughty Nunu. I'm sorry, like, Tinky Winky, like, that's pretty direct. But I think you can just about get away with, with the fact that maybe somebody didn't quite realise what they were doing with Tinky Winky. I'm sure yeah. they did. But there is no way you didn't did. know what you were doing when you wrote the line, naughty Nunu. Like, because that is exactly the kind of thing a kid would call a fucking fanny basically if tinky yeah. winky's the penis naughty nunu is the vagina it's as simple as that yeah. that's exactly the sort of thing a kid would or a parent would come out with to a kid so they knew exactly yeah. what they were doing um plus you know it, it just again you've got that relationship there of these four kids I, I, we'll get into this in a minute because there doesn't seem to be an adult present ever but you've got these four uh, kids we're, we're, and, and a We'll get into that with the reboot as well, because there's a bigger issue there. Okay. you got these four kids and a dog, basically. So it, yeah. it just kind of... It's not quite your typical family unit. Four kids is still quite a but lot. But it's an identifiable you know? unit. It's you know, definitely will, an identifiable unit. Kids will know unit. other kids. If, if they're not a unit that size themselves, they will know other kids who have lots of siblings. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I you know, said, so like, like, number two with us, he's one of four. He's the youngest yeah. of four. And then he, he's got cousins on his mother's side who are... A group of four, so you know it's it's something that no the the two point four children thing doesn't exist anymore because you tend to have, to have families who have one kid or they have fucking millions. Yes, and there's no middle ground. It's not that you have two or three; it's one or like ten. Yeah, totally, totally. So, so yeah, again, that's identifiable. But it, it's just funny. Nunu is funny. He's got the googly fucking eyes yes. going on. Yeah. he's he's an absolute shit. Like it's, yeah. it's and it's, 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 as you said, it's, it's it is very much the family dog. He fucking suck up anything so he's, he's eating all the scraps under the table but he also chew your favorite fucking blanket yeah or totally. he'll, 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 he'll nick your slipper and fucking chew it to death yeah totally um so so that's funny i i, I don't know what it is about tubby toast either but that always makes me laugh as well it's a stupid thing it's just a piece of toast with a smiley face printed on it it's like one of yeah. those really fucking rubbish toaster stamps that were all the rage about fucking 10 years ago now you can put a fucking stamp yeah. on you 
it's just one of them you stamp the bread first and toast it and i remember they probably started with tubby toast because i specifically remember seeing them being sold so that people could oh, make yeah, yeah. tubby Absolutely. toast there was a tubby toaster as well they yes, automatically put the fucking marks on it but again it's it's just funny of course the telly tubbies eat tubby toast and it's not sophisticated funny right this isn't good writing this isn't witty it's none of those things it's just fucking stupid but it's stupid yeah. in the best most primitive way that just connects with the lizard brain and you go yeah this is yeah. this is a good time you can't watch it and be in a bad mood at least i can't you know it, no. it's just got something about it the, the music helps as well the music is very it is very happy but the theme as well You've you've got that kind of almost ragtime kind of feel to it, and it just reminds you of an yeah. old like Chaplin film or a silent comedy. It's got that plinky yeah. plonky. Especially then when you move into the, uh, especially when you move into then, so you get the um, the initial bit where you introduce the four tales, and you get some form of slapstick. Yeah, so it just all feeds into that. Written on very, it's very, it feels very organic. It does because they, you know, they they play that at. It's not quite double speed when the Teletubbies are running around, but it's normally like about probably speed and a half, maybe speed yeah. and a quarter. Um, but it's not quite double speed. But again, it gives it that old time slapstick comedy feel. So, yeah. you know, as I can't picture myself as a parent of a Teletubbies watching child because I was a teenager at this point. I mean, fuck, I was old enough to have children, I guess, but I did. I certainly wasn't fucking responsible enough. But I can't imagine how as an adult, and I know adults hated this at the time. I know they did because I know some and they fucking hated it. But I don't understand how because I can't help but think if I was watching this with a child now, yeah, it's not going to be my favorite show, right? Nowhere near it, but I'm never going to object to watching it because it's just going to wash over me. I I think I get it because having had children much later on than this, but having done In the Night Garden and fucking bing and all these sorts of things the principles are the same but it's it's the it's the saturation because when you have a kid of that age who especially now where you've got fucking streaming and you know, on the, you've got stuff on demand you know all this sort of stuff where you can get hold of all the fucking episodes straight away i mean i i, I looked on iplayer earlier and the the rebooted series there's only two series of it but there's like 70 fucking episodes or something like that wow. And immediately you just drop straight onto it. There might be more than that, actually. Um, but yeah, you can literally just drop straight onto that many. And especially now where you can literally play and then play next, play next, play next. And you you, you can understand where the fucking frustration would have come because when you've got kids of that age and they are mimicking and they are they you know, they do latch on to particular them, they'll find like they'll find one character or one show which is their fucking show. And certainly with with number one, it was um, it was in the night garden for ages. To the point where, as soon as you see the little fucking boat going across the water, it's like, right. I'm gonna make dinner now. You sit in your eye chair and don't fucking move, trying not to fall out of it. I'm gonna make dinner, um, and it was that kind of thing, you know. So it was. I, I get it. It's just the, it's the level of immersion is the problem. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm saying all this as somebody that used to watch it like once or maybe twice a day, and I've watched. I think the most amount of episodes I've watched at a clip this time has been two. I've actually watched quite a few, but I haven't done more than two at a clip. And I guess you're right. I guess constantly it would start to grate. Um, I because hadn't said thought they are of it all the like fucking that. Same. Yeah, they, I hadn't thought of it like that. Yeah, they, they are. They are. They are literally all the same. So yes, okay, you get them. The factory is slightly different, and the bit in the middle is it's a different theme, but it's the same show. And when you've got it over and over and over again, it's that just 
Yeah. No, I, 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 I can, I can see that actually. Yeah, I, I can see that. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll concede that. You're right. Um, I mean, but, um, but yeah, I, I do get your point though, and I think that there's nothing in here that you'd look at and go, "Fuck, I don't want to watch that." I'm not going to have a kid watch that. That's really offensive. It's, it's inherently charming. Mm. Oh, it definitely is. Um, it's, I say, we've talked about, we've talked at length about the educational value of it, but also, yeah, it's, it's entertaining and it's funny and it's silly and it's what you want for your kids' shows. You don't want them to all, to all be doom and gloom and, and fucking serious. And at this, this age, all you want your kids to get, to take out of it is that one's red. My fire truck is also red. Yeah. What else is red? And you just want no, just want to spark thoughts, no, get their brains working. Go right. Okay. What do I associate with that? And over time, that develops, and then you know, they, they, you know, it's yeah. amazing how much you pick up from the fact that you know, okay, well, we we have a we have a vacuum cleaner. It's not called Nuno. It's called Dyson, but it's the same thing. It does the same job, and you and, and you, it's just that world, them, yeah, that world and, building thing. And you've touched on, I think, probably the most important thing for parents, because I, I can remember this as a godparent, and I'm certainly seeing my godchild's parents doing this as well, in, in caring for a child at this point, uh, as little as I did, but I still did nonetheless on occasion. One thing Teletubbies definitely gave you, thanks to its structure and its repetition and its popularity, was a very easy way to get them to do anything. Very yeah. easy. Time to go to bed, time for Tubby to buy buys. Won't eat their food? Have some tubby custard, and you could buy tubby custard, and you could buy tubby toast. Yeah, yeah? you. Yeah. It's it's easy. If they won't eat. They'll eat fucking tubby toast. Guarantee you. They'll also eat tubby yeah. custard, and they will definitely go to bed when it's time for tubby bye buys. Like, yeah. you've again, you've got to take your hat off to Amir. Like this is this is really fucking clever stuff. So, you know, and, and, again, and you yeah. look at sort of what came after it, and so um, certainly in the night garden did the same thing. You had that same format where. The sun was going down and the little boat was sailing away. So then you know it's time to get up, and then the sun starts coming up. So you know it's time for uh, for Pickle Pickle to go and, to go and hide under his rock or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it was exactly the same thing. And you you use that and you you base the fact that that's what the kids obsessed with. And go well, they're doing it, so you should do that as well. Yeah, exactly and right. Kids are easy. You know, in, at that age, they're easy in that sense because you can manipulate them in that type of way. Not that I'm advocating manipulating kids. Obviously, that's. Um, that sounds I mean, wrong, but you know, you know that's, that's part of parenting. Let's be honest, parenting is just manipulating a child until they're able to look after themselves, isn't it? You make sure they don't fucking yeah. kill themselves. You impose some yeah. values on them and hope they learn more than you do. Um, and, and just hope they're not a fucking cunt, basically. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's well, was it worse than our day? It wasn't manipulation, it was beating, but you know. Well, yeah, <laughs> you're not you're not allowed to do that physically anymore, at least not in Wales. No. Um, not in Wales, no. No. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's essentially what parenting is, isn't it? It's bribery and manipulation until they turn 18. That's, <laughs> that's how it works. Um, I mean, speak, you know, I, I've touched on it there. You could get tubby custard. You could get the tubby toast maker, all of that sort of thing. And, and yeah. just speaking of bribery and manipulation, I guess, as well, like you can't underestimate the cultural impact here when you look at the merchandise either. Like you, you can oh, still get Teletubbies merch everywhere. I checked before yeah. we were recording. There are still toys. There are still books. There is. Yeah. And it, it, like certainly in the nineties and early two thousands, you couldn't fucking move in the shops for Teletubbies. Like let's no. not forget this well, had a and, fucking and number November, one Christmas fucking... single, you know, like a Christmas, a number one album as well. in 1998. <laughs> Yeah, like the the Telly Tubby's theme song was a fucking. At least I'm sure it. Yeah, it was a Christmas number one, wasn't it? It was definitely out at Christmas yeah. time, if it wasn't a Christmas yeah. number one. Um, I think it was. I'm in pretty the, fucking sure nights, it was. Yeah. Pretty sure it was. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was. But yeah, um, I mean, you're right. The, um, 
yeah, I've lost the page now. But yeah, I mean, they were everywhere. And we talked about it when we were talking about uh, Whizbit last time, which is where this came from in the first place, that in 1997, this was that toy. And we'd had it not so much a couple of years before. There's always like a toy. But we hadn't had one like this, I think, since Turtles in about yeah. 1990, 1991. And I remember, um, I said, my aunt was trying to get a set for my cousin, who was who would have been like nine months or something like that. Um, she like she wanted to get him a full set, and she could get at most she could get two yeah. of like the ones that were like the twelve fifteen inches. There was something that was soft, and then you could get other ones, the little shitty ones, which are about that big, mm. but you couldn't get the the big ones. And she went everywhere from about I want to say August, yeah, and just couldn't find the fucking things. And like they, like my my mum and my aunt used to go to, like they used to go to Bath or to Chester. They'd go on fucking shopping trips before Christmas, and they'd literally spend the entire however many days they were there looking for fucking Teletubbies. And it you was, couldn't get them for love nor money. It was insane. No, it was a fucking military operation in my family, making sure we got a set. And this is before the days that we had WhatsApp and shit like that. You had like you were phoning yeah. and texting people, but it was a well, military. This, this would have been pre-text for most people. Yeah, this was it fucking was a fucking military operation getting hold of them all. I will just never forget the day I got that poll, and it was purely because I happened to be in the area. I was working in the area. Um, and I just happened to go into Woolworths, and they happened to have Poe's in, and it was just the most miraculous fucking day. I just remember grabbing it and phoning everyone, being like, I've got a fucking Poe. I've got one. <laughs> it was pretty fucking amazing. Um, so, yeah, you know, you can't underestimate, I think, just how big this was, and that's... I guess yeah. that's testament to a staying power as well. I didn't even know there was a reboot. I know that there has been a resurgence actually in the last week, believe it or not. Um, maybe this is one of those things where my phone is secretly fucking listening to me. But since we decided Probably. we were going to do Teletubbies, I've seen new stories about it. And like the Teletubbies have been out and about. They are getting ready for a comeback. They've done a collaboration with a fashion brand. I forget which one it is. Um, but it is fucking terrifying. There is a pair of yeah. boots out there that basically look like someone's skinned Dipsy. They're green felt boots and <laughs> Dipsy's head is on them. It's like the Cruella de Vil version of Dipsy. They're fucking terrifying. You need to Google it, Mark, if you haven't seen this. I, I will. I'll do like, that when we finish. They are absolutely fucking terrifying. Um, and it, like, they're super expensive. These are designer boots. Um, but yeah, they, they're like they're on the comeback road I, I think somebody's probably dialed into the fact that like the original teletubbies are now retro because the original yeah. kids are now approaching their 30s so it's yes, just exactly. like you know when we were approaching our 30s it was thundercats and transformers now it's yeah. going to be fucking teletubbies and whatever else was popular around that time i guess so yeah yeah the staying power is pretty huge but Okay, so this reboot then, I know nothing about it, so hit me with right, it. Please so tell me it's 20... not CGI. No, no, no. no. It's oh, all okay. as was. Okay, so it's we're still people it's in, still people in costumes. Still in oversized suits. Still Good. people in oversized suits with giant, giant Dutch rabbits. Um, cool. There are more characters. So in 2015, 2016, they announced the reboot. It went straight to CBBC in this country and to Nick Jr. in the US. And then it appeared on Netflix the year after. Um, so the UK version um, had Jane Horrocks as the narrator. Um, Jim Broadbent, Phil Cotton, and various other people, um, including that fucking idiot from Little Britain, whose name I don't want to mention. Which um, 
Just say fat the one. The more or thin annoying one. one. <laughs> it's fine. Thin one. Um, yeah, so they they did the voice of the, the fucking tabby speakers and shit like that. So so you had no. So they they brought it back. They spent a lot of money on it. New baby, um, who was slightly less terrifying. Um, and yeah, so they did that. But then on top of that, you had tiddly tubbies. So they were telly tubby children. Whoa, hold on. Yeah, aren't the telly tubbies children though? Aren't they? Yeah. T- the telly tubbies are babies, are they not? Like I know they're aliens, but I thought they were like alien babies. I, I think that I, I think that was the point as well. But there are smaller, more childish ones called tiddly tubbies. But if the telly tubbies have to look after smaller children, then the, the this is this is melting my brain. The telly tubbies fail yeah. to be babies. So then, how yeah. do how do the audience connect with the Teletubbies? Shouldn't so shouldn't the... this reboot have just been called Tiddly Widdlies or whatever it? What, what did you call it? Tiddly Tubbies had Tiddly the, they had their own animated spin-off. In Tiddly Widdlies. I don't know where the fuck that came from. <laughs> Again, that's an entirely different show, and the BBC probably wouldn't approve. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> um, yeah. So t- uh, Tiddly Tubbies had their own animated web series in 2018. Um, right. as well. but i think i don't I, so i saw it and i've i've seen I, I picked up one today um which just fucking terrified me um but yeah so i picked up uh so i saw a few when so when number one was younger and i think the way they kind of played it was that they were effectively the so the the, the original the original tally the original four they were kind of i want to say like you know, just off school age children so, so they would have been the equivalent of you know a a sort of four or five year old, whereas the the tiddly tabbies were toddler toddlers. So there's a slight development in there, but not much. You still get a lot of the same, excuse me, a lot of the same behaviour and stuff like that. So I don't remember as much about it as I do of the original, but it was it was just generally disturbing to see tiddly tabby children when the tiddly tabbies were supposed to be children themselves. Yeah, that I mean that's wrong. I've I've just Google image searched um, tiddly tabbies. I, I I Google image search tiddly widdlies first because for some reason that's in my head now. I don't know why. It sounds probably like show an entirely different thing. It just sounds like something a fucking Australian would say, wouldn't it? Watch your mate, got your tiddly widdlies. Like it doesn't it doesn't really yeah, sound attached. like doesn't sound like anything. Um, but I'm looking at them now and they they just I'm gonna say it they are just shit. Like they, they yeah. There's no charm in these at all in the way there is with Terry Tubbies because these tiddly widdlies tiddly tubbies. Um, they're proportionate, whereas the Teletubbies aren't in in the way that we said. They're, yeah. Like they're all they're stumpy, and it, these are just small. They they look, they just look like monkeys. Like they, they just look yeah. like little coloured monkeys. They don't look like babies at all. Um, there is an image here which um is from an iron on t shirt transfer, and um, this will be lost on you listeners. But if you just Google search um Teletubbies, Tiddly Tubbies, Iron on T-shirt transfer, right? That's that's what I. It, it, this was come up on Google Image. You'll be able to see it, or maybe I don't know. Maybe Mark can drop it in the show notes. But I'm going to hold it up to the camera for you to take a look at, Mark. I want to know what the fucking green one is doing in this image. I don't know if you can see that, but the green one is basically. I think he's found a glory hole in the back of Nunu. Yeah, like there's a. <laughs> I don't know what the. F- he, he literally looks like he's fucking Nunu. Um, he's buggering Nunu. Yeah. This is just wrong. I, so you know, you know that bit where you put you put you you foot on a button and a cord retracts really quickly. So you jam your dick in there. That's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. Um, I need to watch this. I didn't know it existed. I know it's going to be fucking terrible. But oh, you it pe- is. It's absolutely awful. You've peaked the my interest. The only thing I will say, the only thing I will say is the UK version has Jane Horrocks as the the voice of the tabby phone and the narrator, and you've got some various people involved in it. The US version had Titus Burgess. Who is 
he's he was the um the roommate in um Kimmy Schmidt. What? And he's just he always plays over the top gay black characters. And they use any 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 stereotype you can use for an overtly feminine gay black character, that's what he plays. And yeah, so at least we haven't been subjected to that. I just I, I think I need to watch some tiddly tiddly tubbies i can't call it tiddly tubbies i've got tiddly widdly stuck in my fucking head sounds painful <laughs> yeah so i i need to watch some some tiddly tubbies but that looks fucking dreadful um yeah so if, if you go on to iplayer and look for tiddly tubbies the um the two seasons they've got on there are the the reboot okay i mean it's every time we do one of these shows and every time we utter the word reboot it just feels like they are an unmitigated disaster every single time but this just looks yeah. like worse than most. It, just from the images I'm looking at, it looks like he's completely missed the point. It looks like he's got none of yeah. the charm. Um, it, it's missed yeah. the point I mean, of I the fact had... that you need to relate to them as babies. You yeah. know. I mean, I know we had differing opinions on Muppet Babies, but that's kind of what the the, like, the images showed me there. And like, a lot of the promotional stuff for they Teddy do Jubbies. look like That's Muppet kind babies. of what it looks like. They it do. just looks like a watered-down, pared-down version of the original. Yes, they do look like Muppet Babies, you're right. Um, but you see, the thing with Muppet Babies is Muppet Babies wasn't any kind of reboot. Muppet Babies was its own thing. It they were just thing. babies yeah. of the Muppets. Um, and, I, and I don't have anything against reboots either. You know, for listeners of, of our other shows, you know, I'll, I'll say I've said I don't know how many times over on Who Wins when we've talked about reboots for some reason lots on that show. Um, but you know, if if something gets rebooted for a new generation, and that's your iteration of that thing, fine, you do you. It's not mine, and I don't care. I just won't watch it. It's fine. But it just seems every time they try and do it with one of these kids shows, Masters of the Universe, notwithstanding, and Shira, to be fair, notwithstanding, yes. it just seems every time they're fucking terrible, and everyone misses the point. Yeah, and I I also have the same argument because when whenever you get reboots. You always get the creative person behind it, be it an executive producer or a writer, going, I want to do it because it meant so much to me as a child and I want to I want to add to its right. legacy. And they invariably end up pissing on it because they don't know how they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to do it justice. So instead of saying, Right, okay, well, what I'd like to see, if I if I was watching this, if somebody else had made it, what I'd be expecting to see was X, Y, and Z. It's a continuation of what we had. Not necessarily in terms of story, but you no, know, it's it's the same. It's a, it's a similar style, similar structure. So, you know, it's a, it hits the, the same sorts of notes. I think right, okay, well we can do that, or we can try and make it culturally relevant to now. At which point you can't make the same show anyway, so you, yeah. you're making an entirely different show. At which point, why sully the reputation and the memory of something you've got when you can make something new? You can have use the same ideas you've got, but make new characters, give it a new name. And not sully the memories and the reputation of, of what of what you profess to love. You're exactly right. That that's exactly you know if we take um, Teletubbies and the two examples that I just pulled out of the hat as well, Shira and and Masters of the Universe. Okay, if you take those as examples, so if you want to reboot Teletubbies, okay, if you've got let's say you're a 30 year old person, you love Teletubbies, you want to reboot it for a new generation. The way to reboot Teletubbies isn't with the f- fucking Tiddly Widdlies or the Tiddly Winks or the Tiddly Tubbies, whatever the fuck they're called. Teletubbies, as a show for preschoolers, is pretty much perfect as it is. So you don't reboot it. You just make new episodes of Teletubbies. You can update them yeah. culturally. 
that's absolutely fine. You can give them new cultural values. You can talk about new things. You know, you can do whatever you want, but you make the Teletubbies as it was. You just use modern production techniques. Yeah. And then if you wanted to really dive into what culture is like today and kick the can down the road a little bit, you look at something like She-Ra or Masters Universe Revelations where you go, actually, we do want to make the same show, but everybody that loved that show is now fucking 40. So how do we make it work for them and children? Yeah, and then you can use the same characters, you can use the same storylines, but you have to be very, very careful about how you do it. And you can't go to left field. You have to preserve the soul of that original thing. And both of those shows do that very, very well. That's why they work. Um, Whereas Tiddlywinks doesn't... I I haven't even watched it. I'm slagging it off and I haven't watched it. It just looks terrible. So (laughs) I don't want to fucking touch it, to be honest. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Just to really sell you on the Tiddlytubbies, I've got a list of their names here. So you've got... Mimi, which is M-I hyphen M-I. Dada. No, no, already I can see what they're doing. Ruru, Nin, Duggledee, and Umby Pumby. Right. At least four of those sound like they should be in special education school. Um, Look, don't come at me for that, listeners. I'm not trying to be (laughs) an arsehole about it. This just... This sounds... Like, you see, the thing with Teletubbies, right? The thing with Eto, the thing with Poe, Dipsy, Lala, they're easy words for children to say, yeah? And Eto mimics a child saying hello. But it doesn't mimic baby speech. And that's the key when parents were saying, oh, Teletubbies is infantilizing things. No, it wasn't. Because it's not teaching them me want, me go, me have. This is... Mimi, yeah. Duda, whatever, Ray Ray, whatever yeah. they're fucking called. Those aren't words. Those are sounds. Those are yes. infantile sounds that you use before you get to the words. Okay? Whereas yeah. eto is a word. Eto is hello. It's just that a child yes. hasn't fully learned to pronounce yeah, they... hello yet. Yeah. Mimi, that's, it. that's not a word. That's a kid sat there babbling nonsense. Yeah. Ugh. God, no, the more you tell me about it, the more I hate it. <laughs> and I haven't even watched it yet. Yeah, you haven't watched it yet. No. Um, I, I just know it's going to sully the memory of Teletubbies for me, which, to be fair, I thought re-watching it was going to... Because I was convinced, watching yeah. this now, as a fucking 40-and-change-year-old man, um, I was convinced watching this now would be fucking painful. I thought this would be like yeah. pulling teeth. And I'm really surprised that it's not. I'm really. I I think if anything, I've enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, yeah, it's not to say I want to watch loads more or anything because I don't. But I certainly no, didn't I, I, hate earlier, watching you know, doing, this at all. When you're doing them, I mean, you can only do you no know, two at a clip because they, no, they are. Yeah, it's the same show every time. So you you wouldn't want to be sitting there for hours going. Right, I've watched four. Let's stick another one on. You're not going to do that. But watching you no know, two back to back, it's no, it's just about bearable. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I, I was the same. I went into it thinking, right, okay, I have memories of it from when, as I say, when my cousins were younger, I used to watch it when we were looking after them. I've got memories of the reboot when it used to be on when, say, when Jess was little, and she never really talked to it, to be honest. Um, she, she was more interested in the Night Garden and Bing and what was the other fucking one? Sarah and Duck, which, to be fair, is quite good. Wait, 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 um, wait, wait, wait. I'm pretty sure you've told me about this show before. 
Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I was very interested in it then, and I've forgotten about it. But now you've said yeah. it again, you've piqued again, my interest again. Because it's on iPlayer, it's quite interesting. It sounds great. <laughs> just the title alone just sounds so mundane and rubbish that it's got to be brilliant. I love titles that are Ron Seal titles, and I love titles that are just so it's like somebody sat around thinking, What do we call this show? Uh I don't know, what's it about? Oh, that'll do. <laughs> well well that's it. Is it oh what's your show about? Well, it's about Sarah and her pet duck. Yeah, love it. <laughs> so, so it's about Sarah and Duck. Oh no, we'll call it the Sarah and Duck. Fine. Love it. it. I absolutely um, love the lack yeah, of effort. Yeah, I, th- I think it's on iPlayer. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah. So I mean, we like we we did. I I didn't have as many memories of the, of the reboot as I did of the originals, um, and I'm glad of that because having flicked through a um, couple today, I I went back to it and just got angry again. Um, fortunately for um, my iPad, which I was watching it on, I was in the car with number two, waiting for number one to come out of a dance lesson, so I couldn't swear at it and chuck it out the window. And that's probably the only reason I didn't was because there was another small child next to me. <laughs> but he, even to be fair, even he said, "What are you watching? It sounds rubbish." But yeah, I mean, I that's, like, yeah, it is. Trying to explain it to a child of that age and why you're watching. Yeah, trying to explain to an eight-year-old quite... why you're watching Teletubbies. Uh, that's yeah. that's got to be quite difficult. Uh, <laughs> well, to be fair, I, I said because I said, we were talking about it tonight, so I needed to watch it. And he's like, "Oh, fair enough." Because that's that kind of age where, like, you're too old for Teletubbies. Like once once you well the thing with num- with with number two as well I mean that's it intellectually he's fine but in terms of his you know, emotional development stuff like he's still a lot younger than, than than he should be but he's now getting past the point where like you know the last of year or so he's catching up so instead of being into like fucking Paw Patrol and stuff like that he's now on to Minecraft and and Mario and stuff so stuff he should be on for his age and he's catching up hmm. so that's great but then obviously anything that's um, he goes one of two ways with stuff that's particularly young for him it's either he will sit there engrossed in it because he has no, he has baggage and he has attachment and all the rest of it. Or you look at him and go, what the fuck is that? Yeah, yeah. I am too teaching him to swear as well. Yeah. Yeah. If he's too old for age, fuck, what the fuck knows what that means for me. <laughs> you know, we've but, come um, out the other end. Like, we're... Oh, that's <laughs> it, yeah. I, I don't care if people catch me watching Teletubbies. I'm a grown fucking adult. I'll do what I want. Yeah. If I want to eat exactly. cake for breakfast, I'll eat cake for breakfast. Right? Yeah, I'm a I can't do grown that. adult. Like if I want to watch, yeah, you can't do that. Uh, luckily, I can for the time being. Um, if I, if I want to watch, that's why I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I'll watch fucking Teletubbies. I don't care. I don't have to yeah. defend it to anybody. Like I just will. Yeah. Uh, but I, but it's different when you're a child, isn't it? Because there's yeah, of course it is. You know, he, he has to be seen to be an adult, doesn't he? Because he's at that age. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, for me, I, th- I think we covered this pretty in depth within the first thirty-five minutes here. Like, I think the yeah. the entertainment value is literally like it is. It is shallow as a puddle. It is just you know, in the context of a twenty-minute episode, you've probably got eight or nine minutes of slapstick fuckery, um, which is just yeah. enough that it never outstays its welcome as well. You know, like it's. Yeah. I think it's very funny for what it is. Yes, it's very childish. It's meant to be childish because it's for preschoolers. Yeah, it's but it's really well done, and it's really funny. And actually, the performances—we haven't actually talked about them other than the one dude that got fired, whose name I've sadly forgotten already. I know it's Dave it was Thompson. David something. Um, Dave because, Thompson. Yeah, there you go, Dave Thompson. Um, you know, you got to bear in mind that these performers are in full body suits as well. So performing in those is quite difficult. It requires a level of physicality to get anything across in those, and they do it very well. Yeah. You know, yes, um, they do. 
and it's, it's something I'm very attuned to because it's something obviously you see a lot of theme park performers do as well. You know, when you can't actually talk because you're in a suit without a mouth that moves, there's a lot of expression yeah. that's needed through your hands, and they do it yeah. very, very well. Um, so I think credits do there as well. You know, um, and, and yeah. we also. I, mean, I think the other... go on. Well, I was, I said the, the other thing that um, we we, took, we kind of overlooked as well when we were talking about so the the, the sort of cultural and societal impact is like. This was so big at one point. It was um, there was. A, I remember one of the newspapers was running a campaign um, where if you could provide them like pictures from the set or pictures of the cast in you know, like half costume and stuff like that, they were paying cash money to members of the public to try and like sneak over fences and shit because th- that it was such a big fucking thing. And to a point where like the 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 village where it was or just outside the village where it was filmed. Like they protested like fuck because they didn't want the attention. And, oh well, nobody know where it is. And then obviously people found out because people do, yeah. and they were overrun with in tourists and all the rest of it. And these were and these were like people bringing their kids to fucking Teletubby Land, but also these were adults going fucking oh Teletubbies. Oh. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the, so the impact of that was massive. And I think that the only saving grace for the people in it, the the, the actors, was that they because they were always in costume and you didn't see their faces. They didn't become sort of cult figures where they got mobbed everywhere they went, uh, and they were and they were able to carry on doing the, doing the work for for a long time. And I think that if if you were in that position where you had to do that job all day, and then you had you know they you, you, you know you've got kids like kids presenters and kids and you know, kids actors, if they're out in public and they swear, it's the biggest fucking travesty in the world. Yeah, I mean look at Richard Bacon. Yeah, you know, you know, blue, you know blue Peter presenter, clean and clean, does a bit of coke on a weekend. Hmm. Fuck me, that was his career over for years. Yeah, because people knew who he was. These fuckers, they're in a mask all the time. They've got they've got a giant head on on top of them, so nobody knows who they are. So they had that anonymity, so they were free to be able to go off and have their lives. But then, as you said, it, it was such an intensive job that people. I think the Sun was offering ten grand for a picture. Wow, it's fucking insane. I mean, there's there's a level there as well, and it doesn't surprise me that it's the sun. It probably, I know you're not absolutely sure it was, but that sounds like the kind of shit. It might, might be the news of the world. It was one of the Murdoch ones. I know that. It, it definitely sounds things. like the kind of shithousery you'd get from the sun, because you know what? On on the one level, there's the fact that like, yeah, they want pictures. It's a scoop. You got pictures of a territory with his head on. On the other level, kids are gonna see that front page. Like, yes, this is telling kids that Father Christmas doesn't exist for fuck's sake. Like, yeah, just exactly stop it. That's just shithousery of the highest order. Yeah, you know, that's those people that yeah. go to and fucking Disney and take pleasure in trying to make people break character and shit like that. Just stop yeah. it. Just, just stop well, it. Yeah, I was saying because it ruins it for the people who want to who, who want to see it oh, yeah. for for what it is. And like I know. With the production team, once obviously once the location got out and the, the, all the shit was going on, it was like they, the security was double. They had massive fucking fences everywhere, which they they never wanted to do. They wanted to sort of keep it as low key as they could. And then like no, the 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 cast weren't allowed out of this. They had fucking air conditioned tent. They weren't allowed out unless they had full costume on, unless they were completely out of costume and yeah, they yeah. could have been anybody. Um, and like no, if people were going to visit the set, it was like okay, we'll put you in a blind, we'll put you in a car in a blindfold. Before you drive through the gate, then you don't see fuck all until you get where we want you to go. Now, they had to put that level of fucking MI6 shit in Jesus. just to get people onto set because that's how bad it got. It's fucking crazy. So, you know, you, 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 and as, as bad as that all sounds, you can't say there's not a fucking. No, it hasn't had an effect on society when they need to take those sorts of measures to keep the fucking news of the world out. I mean, yeah, that 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 says a lot, doesn't it? It's pretty fucking, it's pretty fucking bad, really. Um, but I think we also need to talk about 
it, like we've talked about the cultural impact of it and we talked about the educational value and stuff like that and sort of swinging back around then to the cultural impact there with the sun but i think another thing that needs to be talked about is actually the visual language of teletubbies and what is lended mm. to not just the aesthetic of the children's tv that came after it you yeah. know we talking about things like you know you would then have a resurgent in resurgence in character actors in suits you know like you got with things like the tweenies which that sort of thing had dropped off prior to teletubbies uh, yes. you know cgi and the, was, the only thing you really had with mr mr, mr. blobby before, yeah yeah cgi point. was kind of a thing so you had, you had the resurgence in that you got the obvious visual similarities with things like in the night garden but it's not just tv because you look around everywhere today still the visual impact of Teletubbies is all over the place. I mean, how many children's playgrounds? I don't know about you, Mark. I see a lot of children's playgrounds because I have to go to a lot of schools. You will see Teletubby hills in almost any children's playground you go to. Yeah. Like to us, they'd be hobbit holes, right? But they're yeah. not. They're Teletubby hills. You can see them. They've got fucking numerous doors on them. They're fucking grassed yeah. over. You know, you've got... Yeah, just the, the visual language, the telephone flowers and things like that. It's all kind of pervaded our everyday lives. Like the, the whole, even the, the, the colours that are used in, in the Teletubbies logo, you know, the blue and the yellow and stuff as well. You see that on a lot yeah. of children's fiction. And not that they have some sort of exclusive rights to blue and yellow, but there's that specific font. There's even... Like, not so much now, because I, I saw the CBeebies logo the other day, and it's changed. It looks a little bit more kind of almost Nickelodeon-y now. But there was a period where the CBeebies logo was that really bold yellow balloon kind of logo as well. Yes. Which was basically the fucking... Now, it? Yeah, it was basically the Teletubbies logo. You know, like, the, yeah. the visual language of this just kind of ripped through society. It just... And it's, and it's there still. You know, when you're designing yeah. children playgrounds now, you design them to look like fucking Teletubby land. But, like, but again, that comes back to the generation we are now where the people doing these things and designing this stuff and making the graphics, they're the people who grew up with it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Um, and then, like I said, you got the, the bonkers skinned dipsy boots and shit like that as well. So I think whatever you think of this show, I don't think anybody can be sitting on the fence then. I don't think anybody can be ambivalent to Teletubbies. I think you're either pro or anti-Teletubbies. You're either going to love it or fucking hate it, right? And I think at this point, it is impossible to change anybody's mind because we've all been so exposed to this thing that you already know whether you like it or not. All I would say is if there are listeners out there who think they dislike it because they've never actually watched it because it passed them by for whatever reason, you know, and it, it yeah. can't pass you by without watching it. You can be aware of who the Teletubbies are without actually ever having watched an episode of Teletubbies. Yeah. I would say give it 20 minutes of your life and just see what you actually think because I, I think yeah. it's pretty hard to dislike just for a 20-minute switch off. I think it's pretty yeah. hard to dislike this show. Like, maybe as an adult, if anything, and I did do this on some of the episodes I watched, like, I'll skip through the video the second time. Like, I don't need yeah, again yeah. again as an adult. I didn't need again again as a teenager. I definitely don't need it now. Um, but I understand why it's there, as we talked about. I understand yeah. the educational value in again again. Um, I just don't fucking want to watch the videos again now. Thanks very much. Give me more of, like, telly tubbies falling on their ass. We haven't talked about the sounds either. Like, there's so much good mm. to talk about in this show. Um, 
the slapstick as well is perfectly foleyed. Like Teletubbies yes. falling on their ass makes a kind of car honk sound. It's like honk as soon yeah. as they fall. That's never not funny. If somebody falls down yeah. and you have that honking sound, same as if somebody gets kicked in the nuts and you have a sound like that, it's never ever not funny. Um, yeah, I can watch it all day and long. You get it like when you get it like when the um, the tubby tested machine goes a bit haywire and it just starts shooting every. You get the splat. Yeah. There's the splat again. It's perfectly timed. All all fits perfectly, and it's it's what you and again this harks back to our to our generation a lot you hear certain you see certain things you expect certain sounds yep. you see somebody falling on their ass you expect that noise you see some sort of you know, um semi gelatinous liquid hit, you know hitting a solid substance you expect that splatting noise and then no and then you expect to then see it dripping and it plays onto that very no, very very well yeah yeah i can't believe it took us this long to talk about the foley um, there's even, you know, even outside of the slapstick of it all, the sound of the phones coming up out of the ground, and it, it, they've got that kind yeah. of mechanical winding sound as they're coming up. Yeah, like it's it's perfect. Like everything about this show has been so precision engineered, and like yeah, that's it. Like sometimes that's a bad thing, and sometimes it's a very good thing. Again, it comes in extremes. You know, when you when yeah. you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And I think in this instance, like it, it just works so well on every single level. I don't think any of it doesn't work. Yes, I can understand that watching it for hours on end might be annoying, yeah, but I know for, most things. To be fair, yeah, and I know for a fact I can see people fall over accompanied by a honking sound a lot before I get bored because it's never not funny. It's really not. So it's the same as like you know. And this is inappropriate to say, I suppose. But it's the same as, you know, if, if you get an old carry-on film and you get somebody grabbing a pair of boobs and you get, ha, ha, that's never not funny. Yeah. You can watch that all day yeah. long. You know, it's it's that level of stupid slapstick. Um, and yeah. it's great. And I, I had a really good time watching it, I'll be honest. I really did. Am I going to watch more? Yeah. No. Like, <laughs> like, maybe in the future. I'm not saying never again. Yeah. Like, I can, I can comfortably say I'm never watching Wizbit again after last week. Yes, absolutely. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say I'll never watch Teletubbies again because I know for a fact I will, um, and I'll probably enjoy it. To be honest, yeah. I mean the, the only thing I haven't had experience wise with this, which I probably will never now get to try because I'm old and boring. I've never watched this while highest balls. Oh, you missed out. And I feel watching out. this while completely off your tits would be oh, fucking hilarious. You've missed out. <laughs> you've missed out. I th- I think I haven't. Like um, I think that was. This has a, a spe- has a place in subculture, in as much as it was a cult favorite amongst university students and and so and so as Hello. a teens for that reason, yeah. because you can watch it when you're pissed up, you can watch it when you're fucked, and actually, it makes a lot more sense. It and does. Yeah, I think when I can't, I think it was Imperial that did it. When this first came out, they actually on their like um, campus scheduling thing, they actually included air times and days on the schedule. I'm yeah. sure it was Imperial. I'll have a look now. So that they because they knew that students were going to mung off to watch it, so they might as well include it. I oh, am ninety nine percent certain that I am not misremembering this. Okay, I'm not a hundred percent, but I am ninety nine percent certain. And the only reason I say that because it may very well have been that I was sad enough to tape it. Okay, I'm pretty sure it was on late night as well. It wasn't any Probably. different. I'm just pretty sure I can remember this being repeated at like 1 2 a.m 
for the Quite likes possibly. of me. I'm well, almost certain of it. They, I, I, can't, I can't speak to that. They may well have been. And they, if they did, the argument would have been that you, you have kids of that age who don't sleep or they won't sleep through the night. So it's not having st- having stuff on in the early hours of the morning that you can switch to. Don't forget, no, we still only had, unless you had Sky, you still only had five channels at this point. Yeah. So if you have five, yeah, nice. Yeah, Channel 5 lost launched in 97. So yes, yeah, so you only had five channels at best, unless you had Sky. So you would have, no, they, would, they would have put stuff on to go, right, okay, if you've got your kids, you can't sleep. We'll stick something on at sort of midnight, half twelve, one o'clock, just so you can put something on and you, you know what no, you can put them down and go, right, okay, I'm going back to sleep until it finishes. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um it was Imperial Google, College, uh, London. Google is your friend. It did used to air at one AM. Oh, there you go. I knew it. I knew it. Because I can yeah. I can remember yeah. just coming they will home have, they'll have justified it on. Yeah, they'll have justified it by saying it was for kids who can't sleep, but yeah, it was totally for students. It absolutely, absolutely was. Get and fucking I'm, high and watch it, and I, yeah. And I'll tell you this as well: the next day, you'd just about be surfacing when the lunchtime show would be on, and it's the best hangover show you'll ever fucking watch. I promise you, because it's about a bunch of fat, tubby, overweight people with zero coordination, and all they want to do is eat. That's me after a night out. Like that's me yeah. generally. But it's perfect. It's like you've just woken up. You can barely stand. Everything hurts. Yeah. And all you want yeah. to do is fill your face full of bland food because you can't eat anything other than toast or you're going to throw it back up. So you put Teletubbies on. You see them falling around the place like they're off their fucking nut and they're all stuffing their face full of tubby toast. It's perfect. It's it's yeah. so cathartic. <laughs> Genuine value in yeah. this show for preschoolers and adults who really should know better it's the actual children in the middle that miss out from teletubbies yeah i think that's fair yeah yeah i don't, I don't think i've got much else to, to talk to say about it to be honest i think it's one of those i think we would be nail like us the mass pretty early on that you know, it's it's it was something that you no know, i we were too old for we were sort of well outside the demographic when it came out but it sort of hit us anyway and I remember very fondly. A lot of it is, is due to the memories I have of, of watching it with my cousins and, and, and that type of thing. But yeah, going back to it, I think actually, yeah, this is a, no, it's a very well put together. It's a very good show. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. No, I'm, th- I'm thinking I've got like two episodes of The Last of Us left to watch. I've got The Mandalorian to watch. I've got other shit to watch. I ain't putting Teletubbies on tonight. No. But it's not something I've, I've looked at and gone, oh, fuck me, I've wasted a couple of hours watching that. That was fucking painful. I'll have a Um you know, this is this is something you can actually sit there and go, yeah, this is a decent show because you can see what they're trying to do, you can see how it works. I say it's not fucking difficult to follow, and yeah, it's, it was just a very easy, very comfortable, very good time for twenty minutes. Definitely was. Um, agree with all of that. Very easy, very comfortable. Washes over you, like I said. It it just speaks direct to the lizard brain on so many levels. Um, you know, if ever there was an argument for a hypodermic needle model with TV, like Teletubbies is it. It gets direct to the lizard brain. Um, yeah. But I think if nothing else, even if you dislike it, even if you think it's the tool of the devil and it's infantilizing children and it's teaching them alternative values and all of that other horse shit that idiots spout, even yeah. if that's you, I think what is undeniable about this show is it so successfully does everything that it sets out to do like it is 
the production is of the highest quality it could possibly be for a show in the 90s right it yeah. doesn't look cheap at any point everything is so well done everything is bang on the money it's been precision engineered to just do everything it needs to do for preschoolers and somehow yeah. also appeal to fucking teenagers and college students that is just so fucking clever and so well done and yeah i i don't think you can honestly look at this and say it's bad i think you can say you don't like it i think you can yeah. say you don't appreciate it but i think, I, I think you can't say difference. it's anything other than fucking brilliant because it is and if it wasn't it wouldn't still be like in our everyday lives 30 odd years later. And I don't mean the fact that it's still on TV. I mean the fact that, like I said, you see its influence in fucking children's playgrounds still. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I I think it's wonderful. I think it's a really, yeah. really I, good I, show. I, I, I have remember one other thing I want to bring up, actually. We had a drinking game when I was in uni. Um, and it, was, so it didn't involve watching the show at all, but we had a drinking game where somebody would call, somebody would be designated throughout the night to call out colours, but they'd be calling out names of Teletubbies. And when they did, you had to find the drink which was that colour or had some reference to that colour in it. Um, and that was fucking lethal. I bet it was. Yeah. <laughs> because anytime anybody called out Tinky Winky, you invariably ended up with Snakebite. Uh. I saw Snakebite in black. And yeah, that was just fucking painful. Not good. I mean, yeah. I guess La La, if you're desperate, you just go for a piss. But oh yeah, I know what am I on about? Wait, I'm lager. stupid. Yeah, you just drink lager. What a fucking idiot! Why did I go straight to fucking urine? I've never the played the, this. The worst thing. one for me was the worst one for me was Poe because it was always fucking Bloody Marys and I hate tomatoes. Yeah, I couldn't do that. That would make me sick. I mean, Dipsy's, I'm not a huge fan of vodka either. But uh... Dipsy's got to be your worst because you're straight on the absinthe. So that's that's mm, got to be yeah. lights out. Um, yeah, I mean, you could do you could do aftershocks for Poe. That would be all right. Can you still get aftershocks? Yeah. I don't. I've not I seen don't know. aftershock be some, be for some, years. There'll be some version of it, I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I they were, were they pink though? Were they pink rather than red? No, they were. One was red. One was blue. The red was the cinnamon one, which was the hot one, and the blue was like. I, I thought. What, I th yeah, I thought it was pink. I don't know what flavor the blue one was supposed to be, um, but it was it was the mouthwash. cool one. Yeah, it, it yeah, was. It was like a cool mint mouthwash. Um, aftershock was fucking yeah, disgusting, but I, we all drank it. I haven't it. seen those for years. <laughs> no. Oh fuck yeah. It was, yeah. it was the cheap. It was the cheap shot in the uh, in the union. Yeah, everybody no, drank no, it. No fucker would buy it. It if, was the, if, if, if it was priced the same as everything else, nobody would fucking buy it. It was the Jägermeister of the early two thousands. That's what it was. Yes. <laughs> now yes, people people buy Jäger for the same reason we bought aftershock. Uh, we're fucking yeah. well off topic. It's probably time we wrap this up now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think probably for, for the best. Um, yeah, as always, we'd love to know what people think of this. Um, loved it, hated it. As I say, I don't think you can be ambivalent towards it, but um, yeah, let's know what your thoughts are. Get in touch on Twitter at SMPDPod. And you go to the website, ddpodcast.net, where you can also pick up our previous episodes and other shows. Uh, where we get your podcasts from, subscribe to the message you back to as best we can. Until next time. Time for tubby bye-byes. Time for tubby bye-byes. Bye! -byes. Bye.